Welcome to The Entrepreneur's Journey, where Michael Pelosi leads discussions with successful entrepreneurs to learn about their journey of starting, building, and eventually selling their business or transitioning into the next generation. The goal is to allow you to learn from their knowledge, experience, and wisdom as you pursue that in your own business. Michael Pelosi is the president of HFM Investment Advisors, LLC, and brings over 30 years of experience working with business owners to organize and manage their business and personal financial plans to help them define and realize their personal version of success in their lives and businesses. Welcome to the next edition of The Entrepreneur's Journey, where I interview successful entrepreneurs who have started their business and eventually have sold their business to an outside company or have successfully transferred their business to the next family generation. Today on my podcast, I have Dr. Harry Minokian and Cindy Minokian. Dr. Minokian started his practice in 1979 and has successfully built up the practice over these years and eventually transferred the business to their sons, Michael and David. Welcome to our podcast today, Dr. Minokian and, and Cindy. Thank you. It's nice Thank to you. be here. It's Thank good you. to be here. Good. I always like to start out the podcast with a little personal note or a little funny story about something that you did in the past. And I know you guys like to golf. Do you guys have a golf story? Maybe, Cindy, maybe when you beat Harry on the golf course well, one that day. Doesn't, that <laughs> doesn't happen very often. But <laughs> she has beat me a couple of times. Yeah, a couple of times. I, uh, probably two. Probably yeah. two times, I could say. One was when she got her hole in one, but... Kind of shocked me, and just, nice. I couldn't play anymore after that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, I think the funniest time was when we were first learning to golf. I was driving a cart rather fast, and I would take fast turns. Mm-hmm. One time, I threw her right out of the cart, and she went head over heels no. and stood right up. <laughs> and I went da da. No way! I, I did, I did, and I looked over at him, and I don't think he knew whether to laugh. Or what to do, you know, what emotion wow. he had. And I started laughing because that was fine, fortunately. But of course, that hasn't happened again. <laughs> no, of course not. No, that's fun. That is a funny story. Yeah, it was a funny story. I like that was to, a long time ago. I like to hear about your hole-in-one. My hole-in-one, I was shocked. I mean, pure luck. I was a very right. beginner, and I just hit it, and we were It was playing. a par three, up a hill, and it was a two-tiered green. Mm-hmm. And the pin was on the back part of the, on the second tier. And I saw her hit the shot, and I go, wow, she's going to get on the second tier. I say, why is she going? All of a sudden, it disappeared. Yeah, and it rolled back down the hill and went right in the hole. That's awesome. It was exciting. And, and I uh, think we were only going to play nine that day. And we had to play but 18. We had and you played 18. Because I don't think it, it counts if you play. Oh, really? I think it has oh, to be. Right. Oh, I never heard that role before. You have to play 18. Right. And then, Harry, where was your hole in one? Mine was at uh, Blue Heron. Before they, before they tore it down. Really? I was having a bad day, found a golf course, a ball in a hole before it, teed it up, hit it, was very happy I was going to be in the middle of the green. Next thing I knew, it took one bounce and went in. I love it. Just I love shot. it. It's exciting. Haven't had one since, but no, you know, it's funny because whenever I play that hole, because mm-hmm. it's still at the course we play, I think, oh, I'm going to get another hole in one. <laughs> Oh, never. Well, never. Haven't done it's usually it once in a lifetime exactly. to get to is, is amazing. Is sure. I know. I know. Well, that's it's good. Fun. So I'd like to just kind of start out a little bit from the beginning, how you start your practice right out of school and, you know, give us a little background of how you started out and opened your own practice and things like that. Okay. Real quickly, I, I did take a year residency, went into a private practice, very high quality dental practice for two years in Cherry Hill that taught me a lot about the business end. And then I decided to go off on my own, and uh, we discussed it as a, as a family to do it. We built the office. We actually rented the office 
and renovated it ourselves because we had no money mm-hmm. and borrowed the money. My dad signed for it money and we opened up cold. Nice. And people from the other office, there were about 40 people or so that followed me from the other office. And we were on a dirt road at the time, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> and it just built up. And it just evolved. It evolved. And it kind of was good because it, it was a little slow in the beginning, but we were able to pay our bills. But being slow meant that I could get things going in a way that I was really comfortable with. Right. Never having run a practice, it was good that it was a little slow too, because we, while we're on, on the run here, we just learned how to put things together business-wise. Business-wise was the hard part. Sure. Because we ran another route of business. Dentally, I would always go to courses, constantly go to courses. And whenever there was a business course, she would go with me. Mm-hmm. And when we'd get back to the office, of course, I didn't have to worry about implementing the business end because she was there to make sure it got implemented. So that's how things started. Got it. So you, you were running, you were practicing dentistry, and then Cindy, you were running the I was business. Running the office, yes. So good, com- the, yeah, good combination. Yes, it was. Yeah. Now, so, I worked in other offices like part time here and there for a while. Yeah, nights. Nights, and then just, yeah. to, just to until, you know, make ends meet. But then that worked out. What was your early success? How did you guys start building your practice? Because I know there wasn't social media, marketing, and things no, like that. So, word of mouth. so it was, okay. back then it was it was frowned upon to advertise. Frowned upon. Yeah, now we're was. talking, you know, mm-hmm. late seventies. Very few, very few advertised. So we didn't, you know, and I didn't advertise. But word of mouth was good. And to be honest, then I would send cases to specialists, for instance, and then I would do some of the work for the specialists. And then they saw the work I was doing, and then they got very comfortable with what I could do. And that meant they would start referring cases to me Mm. that dentists otherwise couldn't handle. Got it. Because there's a lot of different tiers of what you can do in dentistry. So that helped a lot because I kept educating myself and they would allow, you know, they would then have the confidence to send me patients. And I was big. Yeah. Make no mistake, that was big. Sure. It sounds like you're a big believer in education. Do are a lot of dentists like that, or it sounds like it's a little more unique in your it's, your, your yeah, I'm not your the culture. Only one. There's, there's, right. there's a segment of the dentists who are very concerned about doing everything right. Mm-hmm. There are those who are just concerned about making money, and there are just those when you do the continuing education, you can just go there and kind of sit there and read a newspaper and get your credits, or you can actually sit there and learn what you learn. want to get something out of it. I never took a newspaper, so, <laughs> so there I you go. too much for these courses. Exactly. You, know, you, want, you want to get everything. You, and it made your life easier. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the more you knew, the easier it was to do things. The little tricks and things. Yeah, why waste, why waste your time and money if you could implement it and turn it into your practice? I don't think it's any different than you. Mm-hmm. I mean, the more you know, the easier your life gets. So, yep. yes, it, it was huge. Exactly. Exactly. And that's our mission statement, to educate and empower our clients. Right. So, same philosophy. Yep. The yep. more we no educate. Everyone, the better off everyone is. Now, at the time you start your practice, was Michael and David born yet? David Just was David. born. David, okay. was, <laughs> David was born and Michael was born in 81. So when I worked in the office, I would take him in with me. Okay, tell me a little bit about that. Well, he would be laying in a little. <laughs> in a little infant seat behind the front desk. Early family business. Yes, you didn't even exactly. know, right? You right. were creating I didn't even it. Realize it. And, um, <laughs> it's just you know, what you did, right? My, exactly. You know, we had to. So a lot of times his mom would, sometimes his mom would take David and then I would just take Michael with me. Okay. So it was, it was a 
like you said yeah, i have no regrets yeah. it's just where we had to do it back then how did you manage as and then michael was born after the fact right and so how did you manage two young children running the practice family life how did you manage that balance because early on it's tough with the practice right there's i, I know dentists have it's high high overhead too expenses so you have to make sure you're running efficiently and you know how, how did you balance all that and then growing also and hiring individuals well, Cindy would come in, well, as the kids started to go to school, Cindy would put them off to school. Mm -hmm. Put them on the bus, yep. Yep, you tell them. I would put them on the bus, and then I'd go into the office, and then I was I would make sure that I was home when they got home from school. Mm -hmm. So in the meantime, then, that's what I, I would be there pretty much all day. Yeah, yeah, I would work one night a week. And I didn't usually work nights. Or if I did, I would we would drop them off at his mom and dad's house, and they'd watch them. For yeah, it was where she worked. I mean, yeah, we had people working often. there, but she'd always be there to fill in. If, yeah. And plus, it was there the hours that the kids were in school. So. Sure, sure. And yeah. I would do a lot of stuff at home, too. Like, I'd okay. do all the books. I'd do that at home. Nice. You know, I had a little office in the dining room, which didn't have any furniture. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> and I would sit there and do the book work. And right. They would be playing. Their playroom was right next to me. So I'd be working and they'd be playing. So we just balanced it out. It just worked. Now, your background wasn't business administration. I think you said it was teaching, right? Yes, I would taught school. So how did you make that transition from being a teacher to running a dental practice, the business side of the dental you practice? You know what? I don't really. It just, I just kind of learned as I, as I went along. And I attended a lot of, like Harry said, a lot of the courses that he attended. And then I went to a lot on my own, too. Great. Uh, on business you know, management. And then we had an accountant that would help me with the, with the accounting program and things like that. So I just kind of... Learned as I went along. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah, we all? made mistakes, but we yeah. corrected them. Yeah, yeah. As long as you recognize them and correct them, that's the right way to go. I know. So as your practice grew, I knew eventually you started in a bigger office or different office. Tell me that about that experience of the courage to, you know, expand your business, but also I think you built a building, right? Tell me yeah, about sure. that experience because that takes a lot of courage. Yeah, we were looking to get out. We're, we only had three operatories, two for myself, one for a hygienist. And it was, it was only 1,100 square foot space, but sufficed for 10 years. And I was looking for a space. And one time a patient of mine says, I have a piece of ground down the road I'll sell you. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, right. So I went by it. I said, whoa, this is very nice. So I called the guy up. He says, yeah, I'll sell it to you. It was very reasonable. <laughs> I don't know if you know the price. It doesn't matter, right? <laughs> right. It was, I think, 45000 45000 45000 for almost... Four acres. Three acres. Wow. Three plus acres. Wow. So we had to go through the zoning board. That was a nightmare, but we did it. Because mm -hmm. it was just boring you with all that. But my brother and I, he was a chiropractor, we built the building and we designed the building around our office space. Now we had the... We designed the office space first, <laughs> and then the build building around, around it. Because we were ideal space as long as we were sure, and we built it big enough to rent stuff. We were talked into that to make it a something to generate income. So, and honestly, we were told by most of our professionals. I don't think you were one at the time, but <laughs> um, not to do this. That it was a, really too, too much of a risk. Wasn't it? Right. I said, well, I have nothing. So what's yeah. the big deal? Yeah. Right. And, and and I got a, a great hundred percent loan for the building. Wow. We paid for the big deal between the two. We paid for the ground. Right. And we, we told them the ground was worth a lot of money. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and they gave us a full amount for the building. Wow. So 
And so we built the building and it took us years to get fully rented. And it was tough. I will say this. There was a time we actually ran out of money. Mm-hmm. We, were, mm-hmm. we were almost at the very bottom. And wow. I pulled Harry in and I said, we can't do this another month. if we Wow. Don't. So he grabbed, I'll never forget, he grabs my hand. And at that point, we had a paper appointment book, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's on computers and right. all. But a paper appointment book. And he took me up to the front desk and started flipping pages. And there were patients on every page, like for weeks out. Right. Months, months. A couple months. And he said, we're going to be fine. And I said, okay. I love it. Okay. I love it. So, Positive thinking. And we were. And, and we were. From that we were point fine. on, it just kept going up. Yep. This was right after we, I would say it was, wasn't, wasn't long after we moved in when we had that, but it wasn't, anyway, mm-hmm. it worked out. Yeah, it worked out fine. Sounds like a great team. Yeah, we are, we are a great team. <laughs> we are a great team. <laughs> Couldn't have done it without her. Yeah. Couldn't have done it without him, obviously. But, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I just said. I couldn't have done it without <laughs> One of the things we talked about earlier in our discussions is part of the success of your practice is you set up systems and why systems are so important for scaling. Help me understand that a little bit for our listening audience too, because remember a lot of this information is to help educate other business owners, maybe even other dentists who are starting out to help improve their business and their practice too. Systems, for example, when a new patient calls, what do you do? You have to go through a certain routine Mm -hmm. of gathering information how to be pleasant on the phone, you know, the whole deal with, with that first impression. Yep. So there's a whole system in place for that. And you want to, with, along with the systems, you want, try to want everybody to be doing it the same way. Sure. Consistency. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if they have a system in pl- if we had a system, which we had for almost everything, recall system, the, you know, scheduling appointments, even in the back, they had systems. Had systems for everything. So that way everybody's doing it the same way. And, also, when you brought on brought in a new hire, then you could teach them the system. Mm, you know, perfect. and then everybody's yep. consistent. Consistent you know? in that. On the other hand, anyone who had an idea who could make any system better, mm. we encouraged it. We encouraged it big time. Somebody coming from another office, for instance, you had a better idea how to do something, let us know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things evolved. It, we did change things over time. And or we go to a course and we find a better way of doing something. They used to hate it when we'd come back from going to a course right. because then we'd have all these crazy ideas I know, about doing I know. things. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> they all Cindy and Harry are coming back from a course. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> systems, systems are important. Yeah, they system. are. Now, was, to this day, yeah. I think they use a lot of systems. That's good. And some of the same ones that uh, they've tweaked them. Sure. You know, but they, but and technology probably has improved the efficiency a lot. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Now, was that always in your DNA to maybe have systems, or is that something like you learned over I learned time? That from the first office I was in. Okay. They had systems ahead of everybody. And when I got in the office, we had systems. Mm. And I said, man, I learned a lot. And the other thing I learned from him was from that other office was I got out of my presidency thinking there were a lot of shortcuts in dentistry. Mm. And I went there. I went and said, can you teach me all the shortcuts? He goes, there are no shortcuts. Do everything right mm-hmm. the way you're taught and make sure every patient is treated just the same with the highest of quality that you know of den- in dentistry. I mean, it might not be the crown that they're getting. Mm-hmm. It might be a filling. They're going to get a big filling that you tell them it's going to be you know, it might not last very long, but you do it the best you can to the best technology. Yep. So everything was, 
I learned a lot from that. That's great. Yeah. We never skimped with supplies or even with the quality of the materials that they used. They always use, and still do to this day, use the highest quality of 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 material. material. There there are different grades. (laughs) But that's good. But your patients are getting the best care. Yeah. Besides them getting the best care, it is also a good form of advertising and marketing too. Well that was right? that was the only way There's we could a differentiator, back in the day. right? Now of course it people don't know quality mm-hmm. dentistry. They just don't. But once they you know, when we, our office is set up in such a way where it looks like it's quality, mm-hmm. but we wanted to make sure that the dentistry <laughs> was quality. There's offices set up that are quality, maybe not be, but and there's offices that aren't very quality looking. I think Dennis is very good. Right. So it's not, they don't go hand in hand. But yep. we try to do both. Yep. You have good front stage and good backstage. Yes. Right? Yes. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. So tell me a little bit as Michael and Dave were growing up, how did they all of a sudden become interested, both of them uniquely, yeah, into yeah. dentistry, right? Because it's kind of unique to have one, but both of them to yeah. come on board and say, we want to become dentists. How did that whole start? Was that just like a given? And they were just like, yes? No, that yeah. was not a given. Now, we built the office. We had seven operatories. So I thought that was big enough for us to last us our lifetime. So, And so what happened was David was in dental in college, and he hadn't picked a major yet. He was in his sophomore year. He's playing football. So right after one of his games, he comes out. He's in his football uniform. He says, Dad, I finally decided what I'm going to do. And I'm thinking it's going to be something in tech because, you know, tech, everything was going yeah, crazy. Yeah, sure. It was huge at the time. He says, Dad, I'm going to be a dentist. I said, oh, jeez, don't do that because of <laughs> me. He says, no, that was the last reason. <laughs> really? Yeah, believe it or not. That's exactly what he said. He says, no, I really thought about it. I want to be a dentist. I said, all right, that's terrific. So... Next thing I go, I'm, I'm home and Michael's senior year in college? No, senior year in, in high, school. high school. What am yeah. I saying? I said, Mike, do you know what you want to be? I said, oh, he said I already know. I said, what? So I know I'm going to be a dentist. Oh, geez, I got to expand the office. <laughs> I said, you guys want to come in with me? Yeah, we want to definitely want to come wow. in. Wow. All right. So David transitioned in college and he went and thank God he got enough to get into dental school. And he got in the NYU in a five-year program. Michael knew what he wanted right off the bat. So he knew the system in school. And he actually finished his requirements and actually never graduated college. Yeah, believe it or not. And he got, his, he got he accepted got no, to dental school. He got in How November. About that? November wow. says, oh, I'm not going to work hard to get my right. what I care. So in the meantime, my brother, the chiropractor, Decides he wants to get out of New Jersey, get out of the United States, move to St. Croix. So that gave us the opportunity to expand the office mm. from seven to 11 operatories, potentially, and make the whole office bigger. So we did that. I think that was after Michael came. No, that was before Michael came. Yeah, David was. And David was there. And um, anyway, That's how it all evolved. That's great. So obviously they don't wake up one day and say they want to become a dentist. So there had to be a point from when they were in the strollers in your office to that point. Like, how did they get exposure? What was their exposure to? They worked in the summer. Okay. What did they do? Because this is family business, right? So they all- They would pour models. They would pour models. They would mount x-rays. Okay. They would take out trash. (laughs) (laughs) They would come in with me with emergencies and help me- They would sterilize instruments. Yeah. They would do a lot mm. of different things. So. so that exposure. They would file charts. So, right. Yeah. Wow. So they did, 
you know, back then we had charts, now it's all computerized. Did you have them practice on any patients when they were young? No. no I'm no. teasing, I'm teasing. <laughs> That's great. No, so the, the family business, the exposure to that, they just fell right into it, yes. which is great. Mm -hmm. And then once they finished college, right, or dental school, how did they start working in the practice? What was that transition like of them just becoming practicing dentistry? Yeah, the, David came in. And he took over for an associate that we had there. An associate knew it was coming. And David took over his patients. And David was pretty busy from the get-go. And then two years later, Michael came in. Well, there weren't that many patients. Mm. So there was some. So when I told Michael, I said, look, you sit in that office. Whenever you get called to do something, you do it. But in the meantime, start learning things. Started, And he did. He started inventing ways of teaching people how to of dentistry and really his mind whole his whole mindset changed on dentistry and he became very educated i had let's say what i did with them education wise I, would you like to know mm -hmm. i'd taken over a thousand hours of dental education wow. well over i'd gotten what they call a master's in the academy of general dentistry it was a very big to do thing cap and gown ceremony wow. but i sat there at my desk and i would sit there and say i still don't know what to do in certain situations when people walk in how to do these reconstructions of mouths mm -hmm. how to recreate smiles in the best way so anyway I found the place called spear education okay it took me a while i researched it she and i would go to the course she would sit out and we'd go to Disney World. To uh, Disney, yeah. Yeah, um, we'd go to there and I stayed at the- We stayed uh, at the Contemporary. Contemporary. So uh, she'd lay out in the sun and I'd go into the course. Right. And it was a three-day course, honest to God. I learned more in three days. <laughs> I'd come out and I'd tell her, this is it. He's putting everything together that I learned in a very systematic, logical way. I said, so when the kids got it, and I took many of his courses. And then he started to have hands-on courses. It became very expensive. But So the kids came into practice. I said, look. Well, David graduated first. And then the yeah. summer after he graduated, we took him to Las Vegas. To one of his to courses. To one of his spear courses. Oh, wow. And he, and he loved it. He came out and said, Dad, I learned more in those three days than I learned in all four years of dental oh, school. Oh, wow. And that started the ball rolling. He would take a course. Michael came in. They would take courses together. And when they did it together, they knew even more together because they would be hitting off of each sure. other. And they would get tapes of it, and they'd run it over in their cars when they're driving, all this information. And Michael was obsessed with it. David was too, but Michael had more time. That's where he would spend more of his time because he had the time in the office not treating patients. And do it, but David would catch up eventually with all that stuff. That's where the education went crazy. They continue to do it to this day. They wanted to go to the hands-on courses, which totally changed everything in the office. And I said, encouraged it. We paid for everything to do it, and they've they've done almost everything out there. They just came, took the whole staff out there. Oh, that's great. All that's the, even all better. Them went all out. the dentists. All the dentists. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, great. All the dentists. Well, not the staff, but they just did a podcast for Spear too. Oh wow! Did. They yeah. did yeah. on how to. Implement everything they learn into their office. How about that? As a new for, for new patients. That's great. New dentist. New was dentist. It new death, new, new dentist. That's great. And they were, they're amazing. That's yeah. that's amazing. So that's it comes from you from learning early well, it on. It took me and a then... while to figure out where to get it. And thank God this guy was just starting out. Frank Spear, 
And he really did. He put things together he like nobody ever did. I, yep. I went to one of his three-day courses with you, member practice management. And you loved it. And I loved it. So obviously, Michael and David has done very well, and they, they built up their practice in addition to what you guys have built up in your patients. How was that building that relationship with your sons that eventually, you know, someday they may take over or become partners with you or eventually take over the business? So how did that eventually start taking place that you knew that they were serious, they were going to be here for a long time, and maybe you could eventually see that they were going to be the future and maybe okay. you would transition that practice yep. to David and Michael? The first thing we did was establish a buy-sell for the practice. Okay. And we worked that out. Came in. And why is that, why is that important? Because we did it without any stress. Mm-hmm. Okay? They could get information. They could bring it to us. We, and we got a very nice agreement. You know, anything that was like one way or the other, I just said, put it in their favor. They're my kids. Mm-hmm. Okay? So we did things like that. One of the things I remember was when they finally take over to practice, do you want it to be what the practice is worth at that time? I said, no, I think it'd be fair if we did it from when they came in because they're going to build it. From sure. that point on. So I made little things like that. There were a few other things. But anyway, a buy-sell that we agreed to, done. And then as things got close to them buying in, then it started to get to the point where they had to buy the building. Mm. That's where it got sticky. Mm. And we did have issues with that because we then we were anything. down to the wire. Now it was like, it became stressful. Okay. We did work it out. But I would suggest if, there's a building involved in the future that it's worked out well in advance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Anything like that should be worked out well in advance, not when not it's coming at the down time to of the Sure. Exactly. Sure. So that was a mistake. Anyway, as they were taking over the practice, I would cut back a day here, then I would cut back a half a day, and then another day. And over a period of years, I cut back. And it got to the point where I was working like a day or half a day a week. And then we, we started going to Florida. And, then, and that half a day and a day week was hard for him because of a consistency. Sure. Yeah, it was, consistent. Yeah, it was, it was hard. Pa- it but, was patient. But the gradual leaving of the office was actually very nice. Sure. Because it wasn't just working full time and then stopping and then, well, what happened? Yep. I, I grew into the retirement mode, so to speak. But what really didn't work out well for me, at least, was I was in Florida and it was during COVID. Mm. And they're closed down. And they had associates, one or two, one or two, two, I think. So anyway, we're talking on the phone. I said, Dad, listen, why don't you just retire? There's no sense you coming back anymore. Mm -hmm. You're going to be in Florida. We're closed. You might as well stay down as long as you can. And I said, yeah, I guess I should. And every time you come in, people see you're working. And any of the associates that work up business, they see you there. They come out and they want to schedule with you. (laughs) So I get it. I get it. I get get it. it. But it just was it's hard good to be for me king, to just right? <laughs> not say goodbye, so to speak. Sure. Or, you know, have some kind of ending to it that was just kind of cold. Right, right, right. Non-existent. Exactly. Like, like you drove off into the sunset. <laughs> like weird. It was very... Yeah, that was hard. That yeah. was the hard part. But it was, of course, COVID. Oh, yeah. Sure. It was It was unintentional, right? Exactly. Oh, no. It was right, right. Yeah, no, yeah, of no, course. No. And he would have hated having to do all the stuff that they did for COVID, you know? He oh, my God. He would have hated that. Exactly. I, the- that convinced me to, to hang it up. I wasn't going to put on those suits they were wearing. Mm-hmm. We're worried about every little thing that... They, uh, 
But they did a persevere. They equipped that office to the nth degree. It looks great. For, um, to keep everybody safe. Yep. Yep, they did. Now, dentist, your dentist is very personal, right? You like your dentist. You always want to see your dentist. So was that part of your reasoning of maybe slowing down one day a week and then to two days a week to transition your patients yeah, to someone else? it was very important for them for me to do that. Right. So they- Because I'm sure they came they in and said, we want to see Dr. Harry. Don't get me wrong. Right? But each time I took the day, I didn't regret it. Mm. I said, well, that was good. I like this day, extra day. Oh, I like this other extra day. And then the more I did it, the more I liked it. I mean, I'm not going to kid about that. Yeah, so it worked um, out. And it got to the point, honestly, at the end, after 43 years, my body just didn't feel like, mm-hmm. you know, doing all the bending. I had back issues. And and like Cindy said, there's no, as you got down to a day or half a day, there was no continuity to work. I couldn't do big cases because how can you do a big case? You got to stand it out over how, what, months, weeks? No, just, so I would do the little, the crown or filling or sure. sort of simple stuff. And how did your, your patients take to it when they want to come in and meet with you and they couldn't meet with you? How was that they, transition? They would wait while I was still working. Mm-hmm. I have no idea when I was gone because I wasn't, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I guess they got it because I think everybody stayed and no one left. Mm-hmm. No, I think very few left. But, yeah. And the you know, kids. They liked having the Minokian name. Sure. Still, you know. Sure. And yeah. we would say, because I was still working at the front. Yeah, Actually, that's I true. Worked, she was still working. I was there. still working up until last summer. And, you know, you'd have patients call and say, well, I want to schedule with Harry. And I said, well, he's not here. Mm. And they'd say, well, but I said, we have his sons are here, you mm-hmm. know. And they'd say, well, then I'll see, I'll see one of them. You know? Right. So that's how it just kind of evolved. Exactly. Which was great because we'd say, well, the, Harry's a phone call away. You know, right. If, if, you know, his sons can reach out to him anytime if you want, you know, reassurance. So it worked out good. And what is what was the hardest part looking back individually, letting go, like letting go of the practice that you built from scratch and all those hard days and, you know, the times where your checkbook was, you know, almost at zero. And now all of a sudden you've built this tremendous practice with the dentist and your sons and the real estate. What's the hardest part, you know, looking back individually? Well, I think I enjoyed being with the boys, Mm -hmm. with my sons. I did enjoy that. And there was a certain, I enjoyed being with the staff and there were patients I enjoyed, but you know, I just knew I reached the end of the road. Mm-hmm. I did know that physically and Got mentally it. as well. So it wasn't as hard as you would think. Got it. But the only way I can tell you is just don't, I don't think quitting cold would have been good. I right. think then I would have felt it. But I just knew it. Yep. You know, I, so I was 70 years old mm-hmm. when I finally finished it up. Never expected to work till I was 70, mm-hmm. but I felt all right up till then. You know? Good. Good. But that was it. Yep. I didn't, there was no real hardship. That's great. To no. be honest with you. That's yourself, Cindy? Yeah, I, well, I did because I felt like it was our baby. Right. You know, we kind of created this monster. That <laughs> 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 We created this whole practice. And, you know, it took a lot of work and a lot of teamwork. And yeah, it was fun. It yeah. Was fun. But having him taken over was, was so cool. Yep. I mean, it really was. And then to know that they were taking it in a direction that I never even envisioned. I envisioned it, but I didn't think I would ever be able to because just the two of us, we didn't have... Sure. At the time, we were learning where all stuff was going. I didn't have the energy for it. And they did. 
Yeah, and toward the end, we, we, we didn't have the energy to keep going. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah they, they were amazing. So I knew we were leaving it in great hands. Yeah. I had nothing to be embarrassed about yep. or no. feel sorry about or worry that, that someone would come back to me, oh, everything's really lousy at your office now. I never heard that once. That's great. No. It's always just been the opposite. So it's been great. Yeah, great story. So if you were to give advice to another family, first-generation family business that was looking to pass the business on to the next generation, what advice would you give another set of parents when dealing Um, with their children? I would definitely tell you that once they came in to establish a buyout, Mm -hmm. I can't can't stress stress that that enough. enough. I mean, it doesn't have to be day one, but within the first year or two. Then I would bring them on. I would first make sure that their heart was going to be in it. Mm-hmm. I didn't want them taking over just because they thought they could just step in the shoes and everything would be just, they would just, you know, go in neutral and everything would be fine. Mm-hmm. Can't do that. Mm-hmm. They have to have the mindset of getting better and continuing to grow the practice. And if they have that, if they have this burning desire to keep the business and have the pride to keep the business going, then I would make sure I stuck around long enough to teach them and to, you know, got them on the level with where you were so that they could take off. Got it. Got and it. That's how I would do it. Yeah, that's great. Zendi, anything else? No, I think that's about it. I think that. Good. Well, just wrapping up now that you guys are retired, and I know you guys are like to golf. What does retirement look like? It's fun. We have yeah. a good time. Yeah. I don't know where the days go. The days go really, <laughs> really fast. Yeah. We, of course, we're in Florida six months and in New Jersey six months. Well, yeah. We didn't plan on the six no, months. No, so we didn't. We went down, like the first year we owned was when COVID, like I said. Right. And we're down here five months. We didn't want to come back because we're golfing. All mm-hmm. everybody's indoors. Yeah, we're outside. We yeah, weren't restricted. And- so we could work out. We could golf, go around. So I said, well, geez, if we could do five months, why not do six and right. not pay New Jersey sales tax? Right. Income tax. <laughs> yeah, income tax. Income right. Tax. Income I know, tax. I would say sales tax. So we did. When the following year, we, you know, we. And how was the six months? Easy, right? It's harder. Six That's months hard. is hard. It's for some reason the five seems to be okay. Okay. Getting that extra month or even extra like six weeks is kind of challenge because we do the, it, but the you know, kids right. are all here sure and, you know sure we enjoy yeah. we have but we got a residency great and if let's say someday the kids are involved in winter sports where i have to watch them right so i so you come back so I we stay come back, back it's year. all good exactly. it's yeah. all good it works out well good well thanks for taking some time today this was You're a great welcome. interview well, thank you successful story is a great you know, you. family business. And you're, thank you. Yes. Um, into your next generation. Love to see the next generation yes. and maybe even a third generation. Actually, the grandkids yeah, someday you never know. will be part of this. We're and very fortunate. We have two mm-hmm. wonderful sons and two great daughter-in-laws. Too, yes. Great. So, thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to The Entrepreneur's Journey, hosted by Michael Pelosi, president of HFM Investment Advisors, LLC. To learn more and to subscribe to the show, head on over to hfmadvisors.com. HFM Investment Advisors, LLC is a registered investment advisor. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer for sale or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. All investments involve risk and are not guaranteed. 
Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as a recommendation appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.